Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in, everybody. This is the gut reaction to the Atlanta Falcons making a hire. Reported first, I'm not sure if it was first, but the first one I saw it from was Adam Schefter, that Raheem Morris, former Atlanta Falcons defensive coordinator and interim coach, who has uh, most recently been the defensive coordinator for the LA Rams, is the next Atlanta Falcons head coach. Now, I don't know if you noticed the thumbnail I put on yesterday's podcast, but it included one Raheem Morris. Now, does that mean I thought Raheem Morris was going to be the coach announced today? No, no. However, yesterday I said I thought it would come down to three guys, Bill Belichick, uh, Bobby Sloak, or Raheem Morris. I just had a feeling if they went on the defensive side of the ball, Raheem Morris was going to be the guy. Um, this business and especially Arthur Blank is about relationships and Raheem Morris had a, some history in Atlanta already and did a very, very good job when he was in Atlanta and he moved on to the LA Rams and has done a very good job there. He became a good coaching candidate. I advocated for him last year during the coaching searches and these were the reasons why I liked him despite the fact that he crashed and burned and Tampa Bay as a 33, 34 year old. That was 15 years ago. If I'm looking, who was the hottest coaching tree? Right now, it's probably Shanahan. Two, three years ago, who was it? It was Sean McVay. So, does this count as the Sean McVay coaching tree? Possibly. Now, let me draw a comparison for you. But, Scott, that's on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But yesterday, we talked about one of the things about Raheem Morris. And having that 15 extra years of experience was the staff that he would be able to build would have to be leaps and bounds better than the staff that he could do when he was 32 years old and he got the job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who was a hot defense? Who's the hottest coaching tree? I just said his name. Kyle Shanahan. Who was his defensive coordinator last year? D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans coming off the Shanahan tree. But Scott, he's a defensive guy. I know. What did he do? He went and hired a bright offensive mind off of that tree because he was in the system, knows who they were. And Bobby Slowick is now one of those guys who came along with D'Amico Ryans and D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick helped make history this year. 
Raheem Morris can do that same type of thing. Now, one big difference, and this is what I've said all along that scares me a little bit, who's the quarterback going to be? You don't have the number two overall pick in order to get your quarterback in this one. You're not likely going to come in and get C.J. Stroud right away to pair with a new young offensive coordinator that you're going to be able to bring in as Raheem Morris. Lots to talk about. I know there are a lot of people in here. I want to say hello to some folks that have come into the chat here. I know it's going to be busy for y'all, but this is why I said, hey, let's hit those. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button, and several hundred of you have. Uh, because when this happens, we're going to go live. And it was just announced not too long ago, and here we are. Make you fumble, he's here. And he was here first. And he says, thank you. No Bill Belichick in his old ways. I don't know how close it became for Bill Belichick, but it just seemed like, I don't know if there was a vocal minority out there that was interested, because I saw the Falcoholics poll out there that said, who do you want as your head coach? And Bill Belichick was basically tr- tied for for first. He was right there. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of people in there that say, hey, listen, this is a guy who knows how to win. And there's a lot of people that say he's passed it and hasn't won much without Brady. I, I get both sides of that. I didn't want a 72-year-old guy coming here. I didn't think that the coach would be able to get the quarterback in order to make a run in two years. And that's basically the shelf life of Bill Belichick is you're looking at two years. So... I'm glad he Bill Belichick wasn't in my top five. Uh, my top three candidates, just flat out, were Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, and um, Jim Harbaugh. The only one, and what's interesting, the only one of those that has officially made a move is Jim Harbaugh. The other two were still sitting out there, and I think there were three openings left. I was like, all right, well, this is going to be interesting. Let's see what happens here. So now I'm interested to see: is it too soon for Slowick? He's young. He, he is young. He's a, a, a first-year offensive coordinator. Is it too soon for him? And he ends up going through the cycle again. And if he has the similar success, he gets hired next year. Is Ben Johnson already penciled in with the Washington Commanders, which has been rumored for a while? We said Jim Harbaugh probably goes to the Chargers. He did. We said Ben Johnson probably goes to the Commanders. We will see. Uh, does that leave you know Raheem Morris out there? But of the guys that have been announced, the only one I thought that, that I was like, oh, well, the Falcons missed all these positions are getting filled as I'm looking at this list I'm like the only one of those guys I really would have wanted over the guys that are still available was Jim Harbaugh Eric Noah yes he's happy good to see you Eric Charles Jordan let's go rise up he's uh he's very happy make you fumble says my question is if Morris is better than Smith I would assume you mean Arthur Smith feel we need to get an offensive-minded coach absolutely again the staff is going to make a big difference here Now, this is, what, three of four defensive coaches. Mike Smith had a lot of success. In fact, he's the winningest coach of all time uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Dan Quid had had varying amounts of success. I would say he was a successful coach for the Atlanta Falcons, despite how it ended. Look at the history. I've been in a conversation about Falcons history on Twitter all day today. Uh, Look at the history. Arthur Smith went offense. 7-10, 7-10, 7-10, 7-10, and 7-10, 7 and 10, 7 and 10, not all his fault. In fact, I think the two 7-10s, and 10s, the first two, were actually successful seasons. Um, you know, unless you would have rather seen 2-15 and 15 and drafted higher, then they might not have been as big a success. Going back to the defensive well and Raheem Morris, this bothers me for one reason. Defensive guys are easier to replace than offensive guys. You are more dependent on uh, personnel on the defensive side of the ball than you are on who your coach is. So if you've got the personnel, it's pretty easy to get those 
easy, relatively speaking, to get those guys firing all cylinders. Offense is harder. Offense is harder to go. And if your offensive coordinator has success, you're probably not going to keep him. That's what helped do in Dan Quinn, having to change offensive coordinators. Uh, and he had Matt Ryan. What do the Falcons have right now? Quarterback, Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. Uh, that becomes really, you know, that, that becomes really hard. Uh, that that's still one of my bigger concerns is the offensive side of the ball offensive coordinator. I think you can get a young up and comer. We'll see how he does. Hopefully you have the same type of success you they did in Houston with Bobby Slowick, but there's no guarantee. And again, there's no CJ Stroud on incoming just yet either. Can you go and get a veteran Kirk cousins? That makes that try. I just said, Matt Ryan, that makes that transition a lot easier, but age and injury and cost. Those things worry me a little bit at the quarterback position too. Um, Mike Jr., he's not happy. He says, I'm not a happy camper. Uh, and Sterling's talking about what, what I've been what, – what's going to make or break a, coaching, uh, a head coach is, is his staff. Um, Arthur Smith, I think, has some good qualities. I think he'll be a head coach again in this, in this league. But he failed as an offensive coordinator and general manager of this team, and that ended up doing him in. As far as the staff goes, which is one of the most important things, I thought Arthur Smith had a pretty good staff with Ryan Nielsen, uh, was it Ledford, um, Gray. You just you needed you needed more help on the offensive side of the ball with the coordination part, and Dave Ragone was not it. At least, never got the chance to be it. So that was uh, that was that was the way to go. Uh, him over more over Bill, huh? Says uh, Robbie Red comes in. Says, don't get me wrong, I like Morris. But if your plan is to go defensive coach, why go Morris? I think part of it is staff, age, upside, um, that type of – those are some of the big ones for me that you can come in and, and who you can build around coming out of the – again, coming out of the McVay tree. Um, Rock Chalk Broncos coming in with the uh, the super chat. He uh, appreciates you. We, we, we do a lot of work. Uh, Nick and I cross-pollinate. Denver Broncos. In fact, we did Broncos for breakfast this morning. Uh, so we make a lot of friends on both sides of the, the, the conference. And uh, he says, congratulations, Raheem Morris is a great hire. Remains to be seen. It is. There's uh, there's 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 hope in there. That's for sure. Um, make you fumble says, and this is kind of what's important to me on here, uh, says at least this means they're going after a young QB. Maybe, maybe I, I, we'll see. We'll see. Eight isn't the best spot in the world to be going after a quarterback in this class because there's three blue chip guys that are going to be gone before eight. The Falcons might be done at quarterback before the draft, and then you can go and get your edge, maybe get that second wide receiver, maybe draft an offensive tackle in the future. I know that's not as exciting. Maybe get that corner opposite AJ Terrell. You can truly go best prospect. And I'm going to start using that phrase because I hate the phrase best player, best prospect available. That leaves a little more uncertainty to it. Best player available makes it sound like, yeah, you know exactly. You're going to get the best player. Well, you're probably not. The best prospect available at that eight spot, which would fill a premium position for a change, you know, rather than tight end and running back, um, edge, corner, wide receiver. Some of those expensive positions would leave you free to do that. Well, we'll see what happens with the, uh, with the Falcons during free agency, which opens up the first week of March. So in about another six weeks or so. Um, DeAndre comes in and says, I was hoping for Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald. That's one I'm really interested to see what happens uh, is, is McDonald. 
Um, McDonald, maybe it's too early for him. Do we put him into the Bobby Slowick category of it's just not quite his time yet? Ben Johnson's going to be a head coach in, let's see, how long is the Super Bowl? It goes for, you know, until freaking St. Patrick's Day now. Ben Johnson's going to be a head coach in a couple of weeks. The Monday after the Super Bowl, he's going to be a head coach. So of the two spots remaining, Washington, that one might be sewn up. Who's who's left out there? Is it Seattle? Is the only one that doesn't have a coach now? So Dan Quinn? So there's going to be some good candidates that are left out of this uh, left out of this cycle. Eric coming in says, how's your day going? We got Raheem. I think there's reasons to be excited for Raheem Morris. Again, like I said, if you want to talk about the coaching tree, can you replicate? It's a copycat league. As soon as Sean McVay had success, everybody was looking for the next 30-something Brat Pack kid that they could come in and do. That's how Joe Brady started getting all of the uh, the attention coming out of LSU despite the fact that he had earned Sean McVay was a quick hire and he had a lot of success. Lane Kiffin, uh, Josh McDaniels, some of these guys that got well, Raheem Morris for that, uh, for that um, matter. These guys are, and I'm not saying it was because of Sean McVay. Raheem Morris was before that. He was 15 years ago, but everybody's always looking if I can catch that in a, in a bottle, catch that lightning in a bottle. Um, man, what is he? 47 now? I think Raheem Morris is 47. He's got 20-something years in him if if he were to hit. This could be your next John Harbaugh hire if he were to hit. So age is uh, is is on his side for this one. And again, like I said, coming out of that McVay tree, he's got a pretty good idea who McVay is looking at. Okay, if this coach were to move on, this is who I want. Who's the smart Mike McDaniel type of, of offensive brain that's languishing as a passing game coordinator for the Falcons in 2016, fast forward five, six years, uh, and he's a head coach. Who's who's that guy? That's one of the reasons you go and get Raheem Morris because he's a very good defensive coordinator. Uh, he's got experience as a head coach. Again, positive or negative, sometimes you get better from what you learn from. I guarantee you he is more prepared for this job than when he was 32 years old when he got it with Tampa Bay. Um Jay Hicks says, I'm not super happy or disappointed. I get that. I, I do. Again, uh, Jay, I, I, I said that, you know, my top three candidates, Raheem Morris wasn't one of them. But we went a long time yesterday talking about Raheem Morris and the possibility. And I said, this is why I can get behind the hire of Raheem Morris. Less A little bit more than 24 hours later, it happens. I can get behind the hire of Raheem Morris. Um C-double, he says, what's up, Scott? And I love this pick of Raheem Morris. He's been head coach. He's worked on both sides of the football. And that's true also. It isn't just on the defensive side. Uh, Levi is not happy. Uh, Clay comes in. He says, what's up, Scott? I think it's a good decision. And Keith asks a good question. Why do they get rid of Nielsen then? That's the way it happens, man. If you're going to get a defensive guy and you're going on a defensive side, they're going to want to bring in their own guy almost all the time. Uh, and frankly, when there's a coaching change, the coordinators don't usually stick around. That's just how it goes. Um, you know, Ejiro Evero at, with Denver was hired last year. Sean Payton uh, was he's at Carolina. Sean Payton comes in. Ejiro Evero is one of the best young defensive coordinators in the NFL. He wanted to go. He didn't stick around. Nielsen, once he starts seeing, you know, once the the guy that hired you is gone, I need to go find someplace else. That it's just the way it works out. Um, so it, I don't think it's anything against Nielsen. It's just, 
you want to build your own staff when you come in. And frankly, when the guy that hired you is fired, I, I want a fresh start. I, I, want to, I want to move on to Quentin Caldwell. Good to see you. Says, hey, everyone. Shane M says, I'm just glad this means the inevitable failure with this regime will end Arthur Blank selling the team and Rich McKay not getting over. So he doesn't feel so good about this hire. Um, I got bad news for you, Shane. If this doesn't work, that's not going to mean that Arthur Blank's going to sell the team. Those are completely different. Now, I had a big, long conversation, and, and it, it, it rankled some people today, and it, it just – I posted today about Arthur Blank's winning percentage versus Rankin-Smith's winning percentage. Rankin-Smith had a winning percentage of 393, which was last in the NFL, would be last in the NFL. Um, Arthur Blank's winning percentage is 503, which is 16th. It's mediocre. Now, in the binary world of everybody's opinions, I call it the Ricky Bobby syndrome. If you're not first, you're last. If you're not the best, you're the worst. Arthur Blank's not the worst owner in the NFL, y'all. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm advocating for him or I'm saying that you you should love this guy and everything he's done for the city. There, there's, there is middle ground in there. I know that's mind-blowing that there is middle ground in there. If you're not the best, it doesn't make you the worst. If you're not the worst, it doesn't make you the best. Arthur Blank's not the worst owner in the NFL. You could do worse than Arthur Blank. I've lived it. If you're a Gen Xer, you lived it. We've seen what worst in the NFL looks like. His name was Rankin Smith. Arthur Blank may not be the best, but he's not the worst. He's not even the worst owner in the division. Um but he ain't he ain't selling. If this thing goes bust in three years, he he ain't selling, brother. Mark Schrader, good to see you. He says, hey, Scott, exciting news for the Falcons. I like the hire, but time will tell. Always. Always. I do like it, too. Um, Mike Harvey has a good question. Why wasn't Vrabel hired? He's 55, uh, 55 and 45. I compared him to John Fox for you Broncos fans. Mike Vrabel reminds me of John Fox, except John Fox had a much longer career in Carolina than Vrabel's had at Tennessee. I think Vrabel's going to get another job, maybe just not this year. Wait for the cycle next year, sit your payout out with the Tennessee Titans and get a new job next year. I think he's a hell of a football coach. I just think, Mike, Falcons fans, with Vrabel, it was just a little too familiar. It's like we just we just got through doing Tennessee Titans. And it just seems strange to me that, you know, it's like, oh, we, we just fired Arthur Smith. Let's go hire his old boss. And maybe... Vrabel didn't want to come to the Atlanta Falcons. You never, you don't know. You don't know who all was offered. That's the thing we don't know. How many other guys were offered, if any? And they won't tell you. This was always, it's just like recruiting, man. This was always our number one choice. This was always the guy we wanted. Never had a doubt. Welcome home. Love it, love it, love it. We don't know that for sure. All we know now is we get to sit back. We know who it is. That's all we know now. Now we get to sit back and see how he does. Let's take a look at this first draft. We've been decent around here at, at judging draft picks uh, and, and team building, and we will have a keen eye on it. And the Senior Bowl is next week. Falcons have drafted about 15 guys from the Senior Bowl under Terry Fontenot. I'll be down there all week with a 4K camera. I'll show you highlights, and we'll do our Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, we'll be talking a lot of NFL draft and free agency until May. So stick around. We'll have some fun. Uh, Alexander, it feels like a newer name. Welcome in. He says, do you think blank not wanting to relinquish McKay's duties played a part? I think we will never be a winning organization with McKay in the building. Do I think 
How much is there to the fact that Bill Belichick says, I won't work with Rich McKay? I don't know. It's an excellent question, and there's going to be some insiders, and that might take a while for that to come out. I know there was going to be some backlash if Bill Belichick was hired. Um, the He hasn't won anything with Brady. He's seven, without Brady, he's 72 years old. He's past it. He doesn't get along. He's a terrible general manager. All of those things were working against him. Did Arthur Blank listen? I, I don't think most people wanted Bill Belichick. Now, does that mean that McKay was still here? McKay needs to step the hell out of the way and handle the business side of things and let Terry Fontenot take a step up and do his job. Fontenot is a first-time GM also. You know, does he start earning more of that? He was part of the interview process this time. He wasn't the last time. Does that start creeping up and up and up and he becomes more and more of a powerful figure in Flowery Branch? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um think we'll never be a winning organization with McKay. He's been there since he bought bought it in 20, uh, and it's been 20 years. I don't think that, I'm not going to get into absolutes like that. Uh, Rich McKay is not so bad at any one thing that I think he's going to hold this team back to that you can't win. Can you win a Super Bowl? Right now, if you were to say, can you win a Super Bowl with Arthur Blank as the owner and Rich McKay involved? I'd say no. You know why I'd say no? Because the Falcons have never won a Super Bowl. 60 years. Someone said it hasn't been 60. It's been 57. You're kidding me, right? Um, 60 years. They haven't won one. Odds are they're not going to win one in the next three or four. That's just basic probability. When in doubt, bet against... When you're about, is this guy going to be really good? Bet against, because succeeding is hard. There's a lot of teams out there trying to do it. So we'll see. Can the Falcons become a winning organization again? Yes, they can. I think they're still in as good a shape as any team in the NFC South, minus the quarterback. That's going to be the, the next the question for, if not the next six weeks, then going into the draft. What the hell are you going to do at quarterback? You got a quarterback whisperer? Can Desmond Ritter take that jump? Maybe. Am I banking my job on it? Arthur Smith did. You see how that worked out for him. Lee Reeves, good to see you. Uh, says, long-time listener, but rarely catch these lives. Thanks for the show, Scott. I want to tell you thank you because we get a lot. About 5X of our viewers are after the fact. We go live in the morning, and about 5 to 10 times of our viewers come afterwards. Thanks to all of you that watch the show after the fact, leave a comment, leave a like, leave a share, subscribe to the channel. It means the world. It, it really does. So Lee, thanks. I'm glad we could get here at 520 on, uh, on Thursday afternoon on January 25th, the hire day for Raheem Morris. He says, this is a bad hire. Guy took the Rams defense and made it worse. Classic Falcons. I got a Super Bowl ring with that defense. The Rams went absolutely the frick all in. Damn the torpedoes, burn the burn the boats. We're uh, we're not leaving all in, and it, and, it, and it worked. They got a Super Bowl. Let's take a look at what they gave. Have you seen some of those graphics about what the Detroit Lions got from that Matthew Stafford trade? It's like eight guys, and there's some really really big time players in there. They went for it and they got it. Would you trade the last seven and 10 seasons for having won it in 2016? I mean, that, that's the difference. That's what they were trying to do was go all in. And then there was a decline. So 
I think he's done a good job based on who he's had. Um, so I, 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 I think he's a good coach, Lee. I do. How will he do as a head coach? I have hopes for him. I won't say high hopes. Like I said, he wasn't one of my top three picks. But do I think he can improve this team? Yes, I do. I do. So we'll see. Um, Beasley, good to see you. He says, players are going to love playing uh, playing for Morris. I agree. I think he did a, a good job of helping to stem the bleeding of a team that had given up on Dan Quinn, which is is what it was. And I, I said that the, the second he didn't fire, uh, it was a bad hire to begin with when you hired Steve Sarkeesian. It was a disaster. And the second they brought him back, it was this there. How do you take this seriously? How do they, how do you take this team seriously? How do you take this coach seriously? And I think what they start off one and six, one and seven again. Um, and then I think what was he four and seven in, in the interim, but um, he will get his players. So did Arthur Smith, to be fair, Arthur Smith got his players to play hard for him too. The, the consistency was just so bad, you know, to beat three teams in the playoffs, but lose to three of the teams drafting in the top four. Uh, you've got to get that consistency. And where's that consistency going to start? Say it with me now, everybody. Quarterback. Quarterback play. Um, and not just quarterback. Like I said, I'm not putting all this. I've said it a bunch of times. If this is your first time watching, and we've got a lot of people watching right now, if this is your first time watching, I've always said quarterback play because I'm not willing to put it all on Taylor Heineke. I'm not willing to put it all on Desmond Ritter. I'm not willing to put it all on Arthur Smith, but the combination made an unholy cocktail of crap that the quarterback play was terrible. Can it get better without personnel changes? Yeah, it can. I'm not banking on it, though. I'm not. Uh, Evan, good to see you. Um, appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Um, let's get back to the chat a little bit. I had a lot of people come in early, and there's a lot of comments. There's no way I'm going to be able to keep up with all of them, so I'll probably skip around just a little bit. But I want to say to some folks that got in here early, like uh, like Johnny Eubanks, it's so happy it wasn't Belichick. Kind of happy it wasn't Belichick as well. I just I feel like honestly, I don't know if I said this. We we talk a lot, but you know, if you tell the truth, you never have to remember what you say. I just repeat myself a lot. I honestly felt like Belichick coming down here and stinking it up would have been the final kick in the nuts from the 2016 season. It's like, oh, you, you didn't you didn't finish this off the first time. God, all the ex expletives I want to spew from 2016, and at the hands of Tom Brady and uh, and Bill Belichick, that now you're going to come in down here and just kill us off with a with an inside job. That's how I honestly felt about Bill Belichick becoming the Falcons coach. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, no, <laughs> I'm a, I'm happy too. Isaiah says Belichick hasn't done anything since Brady. And Beasley says I'm excited. Another new a newcomer, Rhino Fusion says the first time watching live. And there's probably a lot of y'all because we don't usually go live in the afternoons. Uh, between my kids' sports and then I do some other work in the evenings, I can't go. So mornings kind of become my niche. But I was able to do this right now, and it's, it's worked out well. So I'm glad I'm getting to say hello to some folks for the first time. Um, Clayton, interesting. Clayton Hux, right out under Clayton Huron on Facebook. So hello to both of my Claytons. Bring Fields home. Youngish coach, young QB, let's go. 
it depends on what they you know what they want to try and bring in an offensive coordinator. Is jo- is Justin Fields going to fit in with everybody? No. Uh, he's not. Is he an upgrade over what they have with Desmond Ritter? Yes. Over Taylor Heineke? Yes. There's again, there's going to be that binary reactionary Twitter verse. There is no middle ground. Falcons fans, and it's not just Falcons fans, fans short for fanatics. It's everybody. It's it's one of the problems we have with discourse in social media. It's, it's all or nothing. Am I interested in Justin Fields? Yes. What's it going to cost me is a big question because there's going to be other people that are going to be interested in Justin Fields as well. I'm not in it for a first round. Stay the hell away from my number eight. No way. Second, a conditional third in 2025, maybe. The other part of this is you're you're probably going to have to pick up his first year option, his fifth year option, or gamble that you get one good year out of him and then can extend him. Who did that also? The Carolina Panthers. They did that. They traded for uh, Sam Darnold, sent a second-round pick to the Jets, and immediately picked up his fifth-year option. 20-something million dollars flushed down the toilet. Now, you're much better off if you turn Justin Fields into a guy that's worth more than $20 million a year. So be it. That means he had a pretty good season. If you get a good season, if you get a $30 million quarterback next year, somebody who gets $30 million in 2025 because of how he played for the Falcons in 2024, you're a contender. You're in the playoffs for sure. And you are, you're knocking on the door with Detroit, with Philly, with Dallas, with Green Bay. San Francisco is on kind of a different level right now. You're, you're in that mix of those five or six teams that is a contender for a, a championship game. If you get the play, if you get thirty million dollar quarterback play next year, it might be worth it. It might be worth it than going out and giving thirty million dollars to Kirk Cousins this this uh, this spring, coming off of an Achilles injury at mid thirties years old. Could be uh, the Dixon way. So, do we get our guy, or do we settle for a guy that would end up in our fr- that w- wouldn't would put up with our front office sh- structure? Dixon way. That's the question. We don't really know. We don't really know for sure. Um, you don't know who they offered. You don't know who you were told. Again, I think Ben Johnson would be a lot of people's first choice. I think his decision's already been made. I think Jim Harbaugh was a lot of people's first or second choice. I think those were the top two candidates coming into this, into this mix right now. Uh, Harbaugh's already gone. Johnson, I got a feeling he was spoken for already. If he ends up with Washington, we'll know that that's already been done. We'll see. We'll see. So where did it come into line after that? I I already went through. I didn't want Bill Belichick here. Would I rather have Raheem Morris than Bill Belichick? Yes. Does that mean that you have to keep Rich McKay? So be it. I I didn't want Bill Belichick here. And if it meant that Rich McKay was gone, that meant Bill Belichick's making more personnel moves over Terry Fontenot. You know who is a crap general manager? Bill Belichick. I do not want him uh, going in there. And I know Mike's been pissed about his 356 winning percentage uh, as a head coach. Again, four and seven of that was as an interim coach. And the other part was 15 years ago as a 32-year-old first-time head coach with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I understand. Um, I don't know how relevant that is right now. I I really don't. We'll find out. We'll find out, Mike. If uh, three years from now, and he's got another 356 winning percentage, you can come in here and say, I told you it was a crap hire because of his previous experience. I like to think, try and look on the positive side of this one. 
and that your experience as someone that wasn't quite ready for the job, I learned all the stuff I, I should have, I wish I would have known then. You, you ever get look back and say, God, I wish I would have known then. He knows now. He, he, he does know now. Uh, Jimmy Miller's not happy. That's for sure. In pursuit of excellence, he's not real happy either. Um, I'm going to scroll down to the bottom here. Um, Heaven Johnner's coming in with another $5 super chat. I certainly appreciate doubled up. Call that a brace in soccer terms going for the brace. That's, that's two goals. I'm going to scroll down to the bottom and kind of work my way back up. Cause there's, there's, this might end up being our most viewed episode ever. Uh, and I'm glad to be here for it, but it's, it's going to make it tough for me to go through the, uh, go through the comments as, as much as I normally like to. Oh, uh, and Evan says, thanks for the DM back. I, you're welcome. I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> uh, Brandon over on Facebook, he says, I don't understand why people hate this hire so much. I don't, I don't know that they hate it that much. There's always going to be a knee jerk reaction. And again, Unfortunately, and, and you can go to um, you can go to my Falcons Twitter page, uh, All Falcons ATL, and see the most recent comment I've had about Arthur Blank, and the comments on there. It, it's it's so binary, y'all. And, and that's the thing. It's either this is either the worst thing in the world or this is the best thing in the world. Well, you know, it's probably neither. I, I hate to break it to you but it's probably neither of those things. It's probably, now I know this is a hot take, it's probably going to come somewhere in the middle. Is this going to be in the middle of, now is it going to be leaning towards, is this a good hire? Is this going to be leaning towards a bad hire? Well, guess what? It's not all going to be on Raheem Morris either. There's a lot that has to go into Raheem Morris being successful. Oh my God, I feel like I've said this before. Quarterback! What are the personnel going to be like? This team... The roster is so much better than it was three years ago when Arthur Smith was hired. It's not even close. It's not even close to the amount of talent that's on this team, uh, you know, except for the quarterback position. <laughs> Matt Ryan is better than Taylor Heineke. In, in 2021, Matt Ryan was better than Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke right now. And there's some people who argue with that, that Matt Ryan was the worst quarterback to ever lace him up. How Terry Fontenot loads this roster. Can you generate more of a pass rush? Now, Ryan Nielsen, good luck in Jacksonville. He killed it here, by the way. He was really good. Ryan Nielsen helped double the sack total in 2022 from 21 sacks in 2022 to 42 sacks in 2023. He did that despite the Atlanta Falcons being DFL, as in dead Farkin last, in pass rush win rate. What does that mean? When my guys were blocked, they didn't get off them. They did not get off blocks. They did not beat the guy in front of them. He won with scheme. He won with blitzers coming from different areas. And uh, maybe somebody gets freed up. The Falcons have to generate a pass rush. Oh, and he also won because he's got AJ Trell and an all-pro safety on the backside. That's one of the one of the reasons why you're able to do that. Those two young guys aren't going anywhere. Got to go get a pass rush. Got to get a quarterback. How many wide receivers do you have under contract in 2024, Falcons fans? One. One, unless you count Kyle Pitts, who lines up out wide or in the slot 77% of the time. You've got one. That's Drake London. You need, you need another wide receiver. Offensive line, you're okay. Running back, you're okay. Tight end, you're okay. Johnny Smith was really good no matter where you count Kyle Pitts. Kyle, Johnny Smith was a plus tight end. Defensive side of the ball, 
Let's get Grady Jarrett back and healthy. That's a big one. Taquan Graham was starting to recover fully from his knee injury, was starting to show flashes of where he was beforehand. David Onyemata was a good signing. Caden Ellis was a good signing. I want to see Troy Anderson come back. Uh, Nate Landman had a great year. You got to get a safety. Going to have to get another safety, and you're going to have to get another corner. All of those things are going to have to play into how can Raheem Morris do again. It's not all just this or that. I feel like there should be a song in there somewhere. This wasn't completely Arthur Smith's fault that things didn't go well. I, I want to be interested in, in you know backroom conversations on how they decided on the quarterback going in. This wasn't all on Desmond Ritter. This wasn't all on Ryan Nielsen. Oh, well, even when the Falcons did score, they gave up a lot of points and a lot of game. There's a lot that goes into this. So no, Raheem Morris... Isn't going to be the worst hire in the world. Probably won't be the best hire of all time. Uh, somewhere in the middle, and a lot of that comes in comes into it. Um, I want to scroll down. Eddie, he's feeling good. He says, I'm excited. <clears throat> Sports guru, he says, if he brings in the right offensive coordinator, then it can work out. And again, from the top of the show, uh, one of the things we talked about is this. you're hoping this has a very similar feel to – taking a defensive guy off of the Shanahan tree into Miko Ryans. Tomiko Ryans, coach for Shanahan, and then plucked a young up-and-coming coordinator uh, who gave he was able to give a promotion to because Kyle Shanahan's the, the coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. And Bobby Slowick, they also had the number two overall pick and struck gold on C.J. Stroud. But part of that is the offensive coordinator as well and the head coach. Now, you get somebody off the Sean McVay tree and it's the defensive coordinator. Can he hire an offensive coordinator? That's one of the things I've said a couple of times. I'll say it again because, again, the numbers fluctuate in here. You might not have been here when we said it earlier. Raheem Morris, if you think that you know he, he was a failure his first in as a head coach, as a 32-year-old first-time head coach, what were his connections like? His ability and the, the the people that he should be able to bring in. Now, there's a lot of competition out there for staff members because there were eight job openings. But his ability to bring someone with him, one, it's part of the interview process. Sell me on this job. I'm interviewing you for this job. Who can you bring with you? He's got his list of Rolodexes in here. And like, this is who I'm going to bring with me. This is how I'm going to address the quarterback spot. You handle all that during the interview. But his Rolodex of contacts in the NFL and potential coordinators is eons longer. That's one of the reasons why he becomes a much better hire. So, um, again, I, th there's reasons to be excited for this. Poor Boy says this hire is going to make people lose interest in this team because I don't see a direction or hope for us. We'll see what the direction is, Poor Boy. Um, we Having Raheem Morris on his own doesn't necessarily move the needle, okay? It doesn't. And frankly, most people don't know who the hell Ben Johnson is either. A lot of people watching this show will know who Ben Johnson is, but there's 60,000 people at Mercedes-Benz. There's uh, over 600 watching. See where I'm going with this? Most of them don't know. They will know how the Falcons attack free agency. They will know how the Falcons attack the draft. And when they start looking at draft grades the next day, that's when people start to go. And you know what cures all, poor boy? What cures all of it is winning. It's winning. I always bristled, bristled, cringed, whatever you want to word. You know, Atlanta sports fans getting a rap for, oh, Atlanta sports fans are terrible. No, they're not, man. This was Loserville for a reason. And it wasn't because of the fans. 
you know, that, that article came out in like 1990. Did you see the 80s with the Braves and the Falcons? They were the two worst franchises in their respective sports. Doesn't mean that we're bad fans. It's a bad sports town. It's a bad sports franchise town. Start winning. This is a Falcons town for for it's Braves, it's Falcons. It's been sold out every every pretty much every game since Blank took over twenty years ago. The interest will come back like that because right now I agree. I, I think there's there's some apathy that has kicked in. And that's one thing that tells me because you know I'll defend Blank compared to Rankin Smith. I'm not going to defend him in saying he's you know the best owner in football. But if he didn't make a move with Arthur Smith and tried to sell Arthur Smith back to this fan base, I was going to rip him a new one. Not that he cares; he's you know 80 year old billionaire. But I would not have been on my platforms saying Arthur Blank is not you know the the, the devil's spawn here to sink the Atlanta Falcons. He wants to win too. So we'll see. We'll see on this. DeMarcus would be interesting to see. He says, wow, who will be the offensive coordinator? Let's stick around uh, and see who some of those names will agree, uh, might be. Red Swarm. Red, <laughs> Red Swarm. Easy for you to say, Scott. Red Swarm. Slow down just a little bit. I'm all fired up with all y'all in here today. Scott, the problem for me all along was a quarterback and the offensive play caller. Those are big problems. <laughs> Let's hope we can get an OC that makes it all work. And frankly, Red Swarm, this is one of the reasons why I was for an offensive guy. Let's say Raheem Morris gets it right. Well, you might have to get another one the next the next year. We saw what the offensive play caller and new quarterback can do. We saw it a couple times. We saw the difference Shane Steichen makes, not just to Indianapolis Colts and Gardner Minshew, and Anthony Richardson, but how about to the Philadelphia Eagles? Why don't you ask an Eagles fan what they think about Shane Steichen right now? They think that, you know, that was a bigger loss than anybody talked about. He did a really good job. How about Bobby Slowick and CJ Stroud? It can. This roster is set up. Now, I don't, it was the first time in history a rookie coach and rookie quarterback ever won a division. Um, Raheem Morris isn't a rookie coach, but this team is good enough to win with a rookie quarterback if they get the right guy. Now, they don't have the luxury of having a number three overall pick again like they did when they took Matt Ryan, and I think Matt Ryan's first year was 11-5. and five. His numbers were okay. They weren't great. They didn't go 11-5 and five because of Matt Ryan. They just didn't go 7-10 and 10 because of Matt Ryan's play, if you get my drift. This is a good team. This team, I, I mentioned they've got some holes. Everybody has some holes. They they've got some they've got to address some of these things. How about Daniil Hunter? We want to talk about Minnesota Vikings free agents. How about that guy as a as a uh, as an edge free agent? So offensive coordinator. And here's the problem you have: Red Swarm. You didn't get your offensive coordinator with this hire, and you still have to go get the quarterback. So we're still kind of in uh, wait and see mode. Evan says bring in Zach Robinson. It's an A plus hire. We'll see how it goes. Um, William says Morris will probably not be calling plays. So that's difference from the last two head coaches yet. Um, you know, Dan Quinn, did he give up? I feel like he gave up some of the play calling on the defense when, by the time he was finishing, Raheem Morris was calling the defensive side of the ball. Um, definitely makes a difference there. Corey coming in with a super chat. Appreciate you, Corey. Thank you for the, um, thank you for the support, my friend. Uh, Eddie Baxter, he says NFC South championship. Now, 
Jeremy Fowler and some of those uh, predictions yesterday that I didn't even write it up today. Uh, probably should have. We didn't even have a chance to talk about it. With predictions were Bill Belichick and Kirk Cousins to the Atlanta Falcons, and they win the NFC South. One of those ain't happening. Bill Belichick, unless he comes in as defensive coordinator. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kirk Cousins is still in play. The NFC South is still in play. Now, Tampa Bay looked pretty darn good down the stretch. They had a first-place schedule, and it made a difference. It's going to make a difference again next year. The Falcons have a third-place schedule again. That'll make a difference. Um, the, the Falcons may not ever have an easier schedule than they did last year, but it still isn't going to be murderer's row. The NFC South is still in play. Uh, McFax says, you know, he has previous head coaching experience. He just needs a quarterback. And, and again, his previous head coaching experience is hopefully I learned in failure. Sometimes you learn more when you fail than when you succeed. You know, winning cures all. Winning also papers over a lot of cracks. You learn a lot through adversity. And I like what I saw from Raheem Morris because I couldn't stand him in Tampa Bay. Yes, I was more of in my fandom back then. I wasn't working in NFL sports. I was working in college sports mostly at the time. And he was brash. He was arrogant. He was with Tampa Bay with the Falcons played twice. I couldn't stand him. Then he ends up here and he's humbled. Uh, he's a leader. He's doing a very good job. I had all the respect in the world for Raheem, for Raheem Morris. I've said the very same thing about Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin was born on third base and thought he hit a triple and was an arrogant ass. And he learned from it. Now he's a pretty damn good football coach. I'm hoping to see the success that Lane Kiffin had. Raheem Morris can maybe have that his second time around as well. Um Adrian, good to see you. Says, I pray for success. May make the city of Atlanta even more so the entire state of Georgia. Uh, the the Georgia, the, I always want to call it the Georgia Dome. Mercedes-Benz can be a very, very good place. And frankly, the Falcons, their record at home was good this year. So despite the fact Arthur Blank has ruined the lower bowl and the experience has taken a hit, um, the Benz can be a good it can be a very good home field advantage for sure. Um, listen, y'all, I am just about getting, you only get uh, Mike Harvey on this one coming with a super chat, Mike. Um, Mike says, we'll be going from a three, four to a four, three. Is that going to affect personnel? Um, there's so many hybrid variations of this. And Mike, the, the Falcons might've called it a four, three, but they, I mean, a three, four, they didn't play a three, four, not, not at all. They played three, they th played their three big defensive linemen, as you would in a 3-4. But then Bud Dupree was a walk-up. So it was a four-man front almost all the time. It was five-man in passing situations, as you might expect. But their base defense was a four-man front with Calais Campbell, with Grady Jarrett, with Anyamata, and Bud Dupree. Now, Bud Dupree was usually a stand-up, but he was always on the line of scrimmage. So it won't change it that much. Do you need, you know, a... a does it, does it make a difference? Do you go after maybe Latu instead of Dallas Turner? They need a pass rusher. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't know how much. What will affect the personnel, Mike, is a need for upgrades. So um, D'Angelo Malone has been disappointing. He's going into his third year. Um, I, I start looking at the edge rushers. When you've got David Onyemata, when you've got Grady Jarrett, those guys are versatile enough to play either double, to play either end or nose guard or to play double defensive tackles. So I, I don't, and those are your key guys. 
Uh, Taquan Graham can slide inside and outside in a three, four, four, three. Um, but for me, it's, it's going to be more about getting that pass rusher. Is it going to be more of a speed guy or is it going to be more of a hybrid, a Cam Jordan type? Those guys don't grow on trees. Um, so we'll see, but listen, y'all, I am just about to get out of here unless you've got any last burning desires in here. Uh, my voice is starting to give out going solo for an hour. Um, so I appreciate you being here. Um, and Tebow says, I can't believe they hired a coach. They fired. You must be new around here. Hell, they, they retreaded Marion Campbell like four different times. No, I'm kidding. And, and they didn't really fire Raheem Morris. I mean, he was part of a staff that they let go. It's not like it was, you know, a head coach. Um, so I don't, I, I don't quite see it that way. Um, Bradley Burnett says, really got to nail the OC, man. Yeah, that is huge. The OC and the quarterback are still un, un, unanswered questions. And and if, if you want to look at the negative side of this, those were the two biggest concerns slash questions was offensive coordinator, who was your head coach, was, was why he had to go. Got to fire the offensive coordinator after this last year's debacle and the quarterback. Those are still questions. Now, Raheem Morris has a big Rolodex and Arthur Blank has a big checkbook. So we will see how they get those um, how they get those addressed. Listen, y'all, I appreciate you being here. We hit over 600 strong watching at the same time. We call those concurrence. So we had over 600 on a gut reaction. Thank you for hitting that subscribe button so you could be here when I went live today with the news. Uh, I will come back. Let's let this sink in tomorrow. I was thinking, I was wondering, do I want to go live tomorrow morning? Yes. In our regular time, 9 a.m. We'll be, we will be back live. We will talk Falcons. We will talk commanders. We will talk Seahawks. We will talk chargers, etc. We'll hit on some of that. And then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the, uh, the NFC and AFC championship games. Oh yeah. Those are going on this week. Thank you so much for being here, everybody. I appreciate you taking the time and spending the time. I want to say thank you to my super chat superstars who came in rock chop. Mark Schrader, Mike Harvey, a couple of times, Mike, Alexander, Lee, Beasley, Evan, a couple of times, Red Swarm, and Corey Ellison. Thank you so much for being here. Guys, there's reasons to be excited. Now, as has been said, got to nail the offensive coordinator, got to nail the quarterback. There's a lot of work to be done for this Atlanta Falcons team, but they got their man in charge. Raheem Morris is a good football coach, a good defensive mind. His players respect him, and now he's got a Rolodex that is long and distinguished of guys that he can bring in and coming off of the Sean McVay tree. And money's no object when you're talking about Arthur Blank. Of all, of all the things you want to talk about, ownership and bad ownership, good ownership, he'll write the checks. He will absolutely write the checks. On that note, we will see you in the morning. Thanks for being here. Y'all have a great night, everybody.